You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. On this episode of Wupad Sui, we take a look at the red and white men's basketball game. We follow up with the high-flying soccer team. We take a look at the upcoming matchup with Kentucky in Lexington. And we freaking fight about chicken. All that and more on this episode of Wupad Sui. Welcome to the third ever episode of Wupad Sui, the official podcast of Arkansas Fight. I am Tucker Partridge. This is my co-host, Saul Malone. Say hello, Saul. How we doing, folks? Good to be here. We are here to break down all the latest, greatest Arkansas Razorback news and give our very educated takes on the matter. Got Let's start of off with a little recap or two of some sports that happened this weekend. Saul, there are sports that aren't football. And we are good at them. It should be noted. Some would say that we are even competitive. Yes, I agree. Now, one game that happened this weekend involved us playing ourselves. And I think that's the most important takeaway here, is that we did not lose. I'm, of course, referring to the red-white basketball game. Good old Barnhill Arena once again hosting the Hogs. Seeing action for the first time since 1993 before we even won our national championship. I wish to clarify, seeing basketball action. Fair, fair. No, the the basketball team uh, was not like wrestling or something in Barnhill. Right. The gymnastics team has been tearing it up in Barnhill for quite some time. Shout out Arkansas Gymnastics. Yeah, shout out Arkansas Gymnastics. The fun thing about this game was that it was definitely I you can tell that Musselman, our new coach, Eric Musselman, is kind of committing to the tradition of this basketball program. He has made sure that all the old players and coaches are welcome back. And this game in particular was a really kind of neat thing to watch. The teams had some throwback uniforms. Yeah. And we honored uh Nolan Richardson and Eddie Sutton, the two Obviously, greatest basketball coaches in Arkansas's history. They were both recognized at midcourt, got a standing ovation, uh, deservedly so. Agreed. Um, and I, yeah, Go I ahead. just want to say I am so excited for basketball season, and we you know we'll dive into it in a, in future episodes. But I am stoked on this Muscleman hire. I've been excited since they announced it. I think he brings an energy. Uh, that is going to be really cool. He's like a fun Instagram dorky dad on social media, and I just am already on board with that. But I also think on the basketball front, he's going to bring a lot of cool things uh, to the Arkansas basketball team, and I'm excited to be excited about basketball again. I agree. I think having a guy with the NBA background that he has is really important, especially in this day and age where 
if you're not competing for those one and done guys, you need to be able to sell people on a process. And I think he has really hit the ground running that way. We looked uh, really fit. It's hard, obviously, to judge what is going on in one of these kind of scrimmage games, but we looked really fit, looked really healthy. They've talked about how good he is at conditioning, and I think you could kind of tell. Yeah. Um, but what it will be a very interesting basketball season, I think. And I think it might, dare I say, be better than people are expecting. I would agree with that, and I cannot wait for when football season is over to be able to keep saying we're a basketball school anyway. Let's get back to basketball school status. <laughs> I agree. Speaking of schools that we are, we are a soccer school, Dan. We are a soccer school. And after our last episode, you got to hear an interview with freshman soccer player Jordan Stack preparing for the Ole Miss game. Well, they went and took care of business. At Three time, to nothing. Yeah, at the time, number 15, Arkansas, uh, defeated Ole Miss three to nothing at home. And I've got to say, I watched the game. It could have been way worse than that. Um, yeah, there's some potential. To, uh, we left some points uh, We left some points out there that we could have picked up, but got to love a clean sheet, clean slate goal, uh, keeping performance there. That, Absolutely incre- impeccable defense. Yeah, uh, that defense is nasty, and goodness gracious, Parker Goins, I... I've got to admit, have not kept up with the career of Parker Goins up until recently. Wish I had now because that girl has magic shoes. Like, the way that she controls the ball, it 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 looks professional. <laughs> and uh, that last goal that she got to make it three to nothing was just a really outstanding individual effort. Love to see that. Uh, great boots from Goins there. You also just love to see Ole Miss losing something. Yeah, to us. Yeah, it's just it's one of those special feelings that uh, you really just can't get enough of. Moving on from sports that happened this weekend, because we are both a basketball and soccer school, pivoting to something uh, less fun to talk about, football. There was a, another disgraced head coach in the natural state this week. And he evidently did not prepare anything ahead of meeting with the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Of course, I am referring to former Ohio State, uh, Florida, and Utah head coach Urban Meyer. The favorite son of Ohio, I guess. Uh, Yeah, he came, spoke at the Little Rock Touchdown Club. Uh, Let's hit some highlights. He asked... Quote, is Chad Morris the head coach? <laughs> and all, He is. That is correct. Uh, he also pointed out that we had some challenges and that we would be facing South Carolina and Florida, which if you are familiar with the Arkansas football schedule, which I assume a lot of you are, you will note that neither of those teams appear on that schedule for the 2019 season. Those teams have not appeared, in fact, since 2017 for South Carolina and 2016 for Florida. We are two to three years removed from each of those teams, and literally all it takes to acknowledge that is a quick Google search before you hit the stage. I mean, it was 
it was like a guy that was like, you know what? I know that I'm funny and can do open mic comedy, but I'm not going to write down a set. I'm just going to talk, and people will like that. It's it's like two guys sitting down recording a podcast about sports, you know, like thinking just, that they can pull that off. Just two jabronis. Not that we would know anything about that. I do think it's funny that he taught a leadership course at Ohio State, and we all know the first step of being a leader is don't be prepared. Always wing it. Build the plane while you're flying it. It's just good business. And folks, that's why he's coaching today. <laughs> uh, I will. I will give him this. I do enjoy his analysis. I think he's a smug prick, but I do think he can break down a football game from the press box. That is the most praise I will give him. I will praise him for one thing, which is he said Arkansas is a ten-win school. And you God. know what, Urban? I'll take it. Not you know for what? you, but I'll take it. <laughs> it's incredible that a guest speaker has more optimism than an entire fan base. A misplaced and misguided optimism, but is just lapping the entire fan base in expectations of wins and optimism. Folks, is Urban Meyer the biggest hog fan on earth? That's the next episode, folks. You don't want to miss that. A 2,000-word th- a column followed by an hour-and-a-half podcast on the Urban Meyer Razorback fanship. Simply breaking down outfit choice, forgetfulness. There's a lot to talk about. We got a lot to break it down, so definitely tune in next episode for that one. Pivoting from that clown. Watch what I'm about to do here. Pivoting from that clown. <laughs> let's talk about the dang Joker. Have you seen it? I saw the Joker. I also saw it. Saw it Saturday. Uh, I saw f- it uh, Monday afternoon. Saw it with a friend uh, because the theater I went to had a policy that you were not allowed to see this movie alone. And I had to ask a friend to accompany me. I rebelled against the society in which we live and saw it by myself in IMAX. That's a real Joker move. Uh, but we're not here to talk about Joaquin Phoenix's incredible Joker performance. We're here to talk about recruits. That's now, right, folks. Arkansas football over the weekend, I guess in concurrent uh, in concurrence with the release of the Joker, release. I in, hope in concurrence. Uh, yeah, if if they if not, we gotta we gotta dive even deeper into it. But I I'm hoping and also in concurrence with the release of the Joker, released some recruit picks that featured gloves over the face of the recruits that made the Joker face. Uh, now this was pretty well received by the guys that they made it for. I will give them that they thought it was cool, uh, but it was a little jarring to see on the Twitter TL. Your thoughts on the Joker recruiting pictures, Tucker Partridge? Well, in a situation where you have a winless coach in the SEC, the Joker jokes are just too easy uh, to set yourself up for. I feel like, you know, it was well-received by the recruits, so the target audience liked it, so who cares otherwise? But it did make it easy for the pundit class and the couch quarterbacks to say yeah well the real joker's chad morris and the sec is the society he is rebelling against by not winning 
Right. It's it's a countercultural movement. Most people expect wins in the SEC, but not Chad. He's a Re- real clown prince. He zigs when the rest of the league zags, and folks, I hope it works. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. Uh, we tweeted this out on Saturday during the bye week, um, and apparently it was a hotter take than we anticipated. But we here on this podcast, and I think in general at Arkansas Fight, uh, the blog of choice for Arkansas fans, are of the opinion that you, as a grown adult, man, woman, whatever you choose to identify as, you do not need to tweet at recruits. Why is that? To me, it's because, one, they're children making a, an enormous decision that will dictate a lot about their future. Um, a decision that will affect them for years to come, and I'm sure the amount of pressure that they're already under from close friends and personal family is immense, and they don't need Jonathan from Stuggart tweeting at them that if they don't join the Hogs, they're making the biggest mistake of their life. I tend to agree. I, I think anybody with any sense agrees with that. These are, I think a lot of the time, the distance kind of that we put between ourselves and some of these players makes it such that, that you feel like they're already doing a professional job. And they're just not. They're amateur athletes, many of them 17, 18, sometimes 16, and can you just, I mean, like, take a moment. Imagine your Twitter timeline when you were 16, 17, 18. Uh, it was probably a different place than what it is now. Now imagine that getting amplified across an entire state, an entire country, and having guys fill up your mentions telling you that every decision you make is the wrong one or the right one or... You're going to lose so many followers or you're going to get so many followers or you'll be a legend here and a loser there. I mean, just that amount of pressure on a time period in one's life that already just like is necessitated by sucking. Yes. Like, I, I don't think that you're allowed to be a teenager and not have a terrible time. Um, I just don't think that. I don't think it's cool to send these kids anything but praise. Like if you if you have to send them anything at all, I obviously would err on the side of not sending anything. But don't don't send crap to them like telling them that they've made a mistake or telling them how bad they are now or how we yeah. don't care. Like it's it's a bad look. And I would just like to say I'm not speaking for Tucker here, but I would like to say, if you've tweet, if you tweeted at recruits in the past, if you're tweeting at recruits now, I don't think you're necessarily a bad person. I would just ask that you take a step back and take a look at what you think you're doing is helping and ask, am I really helping by shouting into a void uh, and at the direction of a young teenage man? Right. I, I Again, I, we love you guys. We, this is why we do the show. Uh, I just think, you know, there are better uses of time and if you want to get involved with marketing the program there may be some job openings or something but uh check it out tweeting at recruits not endorsed by this platform not endorsed not endorse it i believe red cup retweeted that as well 
So I don't know that it's necessarily an unpopular sentiment. Uh, just don't tweet at recruits, folks. Sorry for a, a big media trademark stance there. Or uh, you'll be the real Joker. <laughs> we like to bring it around. Uh, th- we talked about it, like I said, this Saturday was a bye week, which was a nice respite for Arkansas. Get a chance to rest up uh, and not lose to very good things for the football program. Uh, but that said, Tucker, Saturday, we have a football game to be played. I will even let us preview that, but only after this quick break. We are back. I have graciously decided to let us preview the Kentucky game this weekend in Lexington. Saul, tell me about Kentucky and what they've done so far. Let's take a look at these Wildcats. Coming in with a record of 2-3, and 0-3 in SEC play so far. Wins against Toledo and Eastern Michigan with losses to Florida, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. Uh, they did play Florida fairly close, a nice competitive game. Uh, but against Mississippi State and South Carolina, they kind of gave up the ghost. Not as competitive. On offense, the Cats are averaging 23 points a game. 213 yards through the air, 165 yards on the ground for 377 total yards per game. On defense, the Cats are giving up 24 points a game, 225 yards through the air, 171 yards on the ground, and 396 yards total. Not a team that's necessarily setting the world on fire, but definitely not a team to be overlooked by any means. And like Arkansas, they are also coming off a bye week, so they've had the opportunity to rest up and get a full week of preparation in for the Hogs. And we are playing on their home field, which is, of course, a definite advantage. The Wildcats football team uh, fan base has grown over the past few years as the Cats have shown steady improvement in that arena. Kroger Field is where we will be playing, and it's going to take a Kroger Plus card for us to get that win on a discount. Some guys that I think we need to look at would be one Sawyer Smith, who is filling in at quarterback. Now this is going to be the interesting part of this game. Who is playing at quarterback for the Wildcats? Sawyer Smith has been the filled-in guy for their injured starter, Terry Wilson, who actually looked really good. Um, Terry Wilson looked incredible against Florida, was doing a really good job of keeping them in that game. Really, really tough injury for him and for the Wildcats. He's out for the rest of the season, obviously, but just a super athletic guy that they had back there, could do it all, could throw, could run, just make tough plays, and a a real blow to Kentucky's season when he went down in that Florida game. But, yes, Sawyer Smith has stepped in in his steed. Uh, to what I would call mixed results. Mixed results and results that have also resulted in him getting hurt. Uh, This week in practice, their wide receiver, Lynn Bowden, took first-team reps at quarterback because Sawyer Smith was a little banged up. Reminiscent of one Kentucky Wildcat, Mr. Randall Cobb. It will be very interesting to see what the Cats do considering their quarterback conundrum. Sawyer Smith has not really set the world on fire when he has come in, but if he's banged up, surely that can't mean good things. But we've also seen the Hogs play quarterbacks who can run this year, 
And if you have a wide receiver and a quarterback running Wildcat, there will be running. There will be running. Uh, other names to know on the Cats offense, A.J. Rose in the backfield. Really good running back. Has looked impressive. Looked impressive last year. Uh, and on the outside, Ahmad Wagner, another wide receiver. Kind of a deeper threat. Uh, kind of a burner. Averaging 20.7 yards per reception. So definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Especially with what's going on with Lynn Bowden. Uh, some defensive guys to know for the Cats are DeAndre Square and Yusuf Corker really stepping up on the defensive side of the ball for the Cats, as well as one of my favorite names in football, Mr. Cash Daniel. He's no bumper pool. No bumper pool. Uh, no one will ever top Mr. Pool as far as college football names go, but Cash, spelled with a K, is a pretty dang good runner-up. Um Really, the what? only guy who could beat them is football McTackleson. If, man, if you have a son, you got to get on that. Name him football McTackleson. Here's what I'm thinking. Um, the Cats and the games that I've seen have been pretty susceptible to the big run play. And as you know, we have a very talented running back in Mr. Rakeem Board and another talented running back in Devois Whaley. I think this is a game where we need to take advantage of both of those guys' specific skill sets and abilities. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, I think this could be the game where our running kind of breaks out. It's been a strange year. We have a couple of guys in Devois Whaley and Rakeem Boyd who had a lot of hype coming in. And that's not to say they haven't delivered, but... Like the Ole Miss game last year, you saw Rakeem Boyd, obviously before he got injured, really had that breakout, oh my God, this guy's for real moment. And we haven't really seen that from him this year. He's been just kind of that reliable bell cow uh, that you've had to hand the ball off to. And then Devois Whaley had arguably the best game of his career against Colorado State, has kind of been stymied some since then. I thought he had a better game against Texas A&M than the stats revealed. We talked about that a little bit last time. But this could be an opportunity for those guys to really kind of carry the team with some of the quarterback issues we've had injury-wise and throwing dumb interceptions-wise. Uh, I think the running game could really help out the offense here. And yeah, really. you throw in the mix that you've got T.J. Hammonds coming back. He played a little bit in the A&M game. He'll be up to speed. Chase Hayden is obviously a really good athlete. I think it'll be interesting to see whether or not we go a little more run heavy. Yeah, I think this is, gonna again, going to be a good opportunity for our run to establish itself and really kind of get the momentum back uh, coming off that A&M game. Looking to see also how our freshman receivers build off the good games that they had against A&M last week or the week before excuse me as well so hoping the momentum and the now that they've kind of gotten in the flow of the season they can keep making those plays and keep looking and impressing like they have over the past few weeks so really interested to see what those freshman receivers look like and of course when you got Cheyenne O'Grady uh, anything can happen that guy is a, a monster as we saw on, I've seen on several occasions this season so I think we have the tools uh, to beat this team. Uh, you know, of course, playing away going to be tough. And again, they're not. There's no. This isn't a cupcake school. This is an SEC football program that has played well against a. You know, who is right now number seven at the time was ranked seven Florida. So, you Florida know, who beat Auburn? Who just beat Auburn? You know, they played them close. So this is not a team. You know, there's always the dumb 
SEC East is not as good as the West, and while I can see that may be true, it's not something where we can just be like, oh, well, you know, we'll get past this team because they're not as good as us or they're not. I don't think we're allowed to do that anymore. We, yeah, we're n- Arkansas is not allowed to have that thought this season for the rest of for the rest of the season by any means. Ex- and I, I, I wouldn't even say against Western Kentucky because of who how we've played previously. So, again, a team that I think is beatable and I think a team that we can beat. Just we have to do the we have to do things we're going to do right and we have to get our game plan and we have to be disciplined uh no dumb penalties or penalties when we can least afford them need to finish drives that has been an issue this entire season is finishing drives and if we can start putting stuff away against kentucky i think we're i think we're a little better than the numbers suggest i just good god put the ball in the end zone or between the goalposts. yeah uh, don't, don't we don't want to we leave a lot of points and have been leaving a lot of points on the field obviously we prefer touchdowns to field goals but if we can get some points let's get some dead gum points to kind of jump into some of the advanced analytics that we like diving into thanks to our writer adam ford there is a sort of ev system expected value system that he has been working on for the past while building out kind of a data that you can plug in the stats that we have every year into and so what that's allowed him to do is to kind of quote-unquote simulate what the games will look like based on our expected value and so he's gone and simulated every game for the rest of the year and those read as follows Kentucky 29 Arkansas 22 Auburn 41 Arkansas 15 Alabama 49, Arkansas 15. Generous. Uh, LSU 53, Arkansas 22. Also generous. Arkansas 23, Western Kentucky 23. Wow. Mississippi (laughs) State 34, Arkansas 23. And Missouri 39, Arkansas 23. So we are not going to be favored, statistically speaking, based on the data from this season, We are not going to be favored in any game from here on out. His system has Kentucky beating us by a touchdown. However, it also has Kentucky as 10 points worse than A&M, who obviously we only lost to by four points. So, and obviously, as we all know, the old adage goes, football is not played on paper, it's played on the field. So yeah, it's alarming to hear these stats that the best outcome we're seeing right now is a tie with Western Kentucky. That's just advanced stats that, while have some sway and are definitely credible, it's not the game. The game is played on the field. We have players that can make plays and players that will make plays. So, you Right. Know, it's just a metric to kind of set what maybe we should be thinking about expectation-wise. I but I, I, God, this season enough has proven to us that football is not played on paper. Yeah. So, you know, hearing those stats might sound a little alarming, and I think there's reason to be a little, you know, dismayed at how the season is going so far, but don't let just the sheer bigness or scariness of those numbers get you too nervous because, again, we have playmakers. We just have to execute and uh, tighten up on both sides of the ball a little bit to where we're, we're executing the game plan we have and we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. I will now put you on the spot. Are we going to win this game? 
Uh, I think we're going to win. I'm going to go 24-17 Arkansas. I think I will follow suit in predicting a win, but knowing Arkansas, knowing that this game will be played on what is called in Kentucky Jared Lorenzen night, honoring the late Jared Lorenzen. Shout out to the Pillsbury throw boy. The hefty lefty. Uh, After that in mind, after the fact that when we played them in Lexington, when he was there, it went to seven overtimes. I'm not predicting seven overtimes, although we are undefeated in seven overtime games, so maybe I should. (laughs) I think this is a close one, something like 24-21 with like a last-second touchdown or field goal deciding it. Do you think this is one of those last person that has the ball wins kind of games? I think so. Now, I am not sure that I've watched enough of Kentucky's defense to know whether or not they'll be some kind of elite force that can stop us, but a mobile quarterback worries me. (laughs) Yeah. A mobile quarterback worries me a lot, even if he is traditionally a wide receiver, and I hope that the defense and John Chavis prove me wrong, but I can see that kind of being a factor that makes it close. Right. I agree. I think it'll be close. I think Arkansas goes and pulls out a win. I think Chad Morris gets his first SEC win against Kentucky. I certainly hope so. Before we wrap up today, we had another tweet that got a lot of responses from you lot. And that was the bi-week agitation declaration that we at this podcast believe that Popeyes is better than Raising Cane's. We said it. We meant it. I backed that fully. And we interviewed freshman soccer player Jordan Stack, asked her her favorite restaurant, and she declared that Cane's was hers. Which so is tough. You I hate to think hear that. She's a freshman. You, she'll learn. She'll learn. But I think we have to rank chicken restaurants in Fayetteville now. I think that is the like legal obligation of podcasters we're gonna give you our and you should know that this podcast is not united in our chicken rankings but we both have our definitive rankings of Fayetteville chicken uh so we're gonna put that out here for you guys with a little healthy debate and then we want to hear what you guys think about our rankings here now we are not including once great Fayetteville staple AQ chicken house as that has closed uh, and has closed since we have both been away from Fayetteville so it doesn't really count these are currently open chicken restaurants Uh, we're doing the four big ones or we consider the four big ones um, with a caveat that Chick-fil-a is kind of its own thing we will put it in there like we'll include where it would be but right now they do sandwiches and nuggets you know it's It's not like it's not a basket place where you get a basket of tenders and fries that's kind of the basis of what we're looking at here so Without further ado, we will present you our definitive rankings of Fayetteville Chicken. I will go first, and mine are as such. I go Slim's Chicken, followed by Popeye's. Zaxby's in third, and bringing up the rear for me is Raising Cane's. I think it's bad. Now, if we were to include Chick-fil-A, I would put it between Popeye's and Zaxby's. But like we said earlier, it's not really their thing to do a basket. So again, for me, Slim's Chicken, Popeye's, 
Zaxby's, and Raisin Cane's. Folks, I have no choice but to disagree with my co-host, my esteemed co-host. <laughs> because I'm putting Popeye's on top. Number one, Popeye's. Is it Number two, choice? just you wait. Number two, Zaxby's. Number three, Cane's. And bringing up the rear, Slim Chickens. Hating on the local business, not keeping Fayetteville funky. I you hate, hate to, to do see it. it. I hate to do it, and you hate to see it, but I hate to taste it. Here is, here's my I, qualm with Raisin Cane's. I'm gonna get. I, I'm gonna go on a little bit of a rant here. Not not a rant. Just a slim chick or some chickens is good. Here's what I don't like about canes. Canes. Every time I go, every time I went, the skin would fall right off the chicken. It wasn't. It didn't hold well. And also, while I think cane sauce is delicious, the fact that I can't get any other sauce besides ketchup and I think now maybe honey mustard is a little offensive to me. Like, are you that proud of your sauce that you can't stock, like, some prepackaged barbecue or a damn ranch packet? You like your sauce that much? It's it's You're real proud of it, and I get that, but it's limiting to me, the consumer. Now, what I will grant is that Cane's has the best toast in the game without question. I think I'll allow that. I think I'll allow that. Uh, the thing about Slim's, is I think maybe it's a case of too much of a good thing. Because, you see, when I was an undergraduate, there was a Slim Chickens on campus. And oh, you yeah, could baby. use meal trade to get Slim Chickens for free with your tuition that you paid. And, folks, I ate it a lot. And I think there's something enjoyable to be had there. But is there anything more enjoyable than New Orleans spicy tenders from Popeye's covered in Cajun sparkle with a side of red beans and rice and one of those biscuits. I'm not sure there is. And, and I'm I got, not sure science can prove otherwise. The student special combo for, was it $3.99, $4.99? It was Three ninety nine, I believe. Five tenders, fries, or a side of your choice, a biscuit, and a drink. I mean, the return on investment there is out of pocket. That is crazy. And this is ruling out the fact that the man who is no longer there, unfortunately, Oof. Mustafa, Moose, a legend, beloved, a legend, recalled, would give you the hookup with all kinds of extra food. I usually got a minimum of two biscuits and an extra side. The man gave me... A slice of Mardi Gras cheesecake because he said, you look like you could use a little Mardi Gras today. Uh, he once gave me so much sauce that I didn't have to get it for a month when I went to, to Popeye's because he had given me so much on the first time because he said, and I quote, you look like a sauce guy. And he was right. I was a sauce guy. Moose, I know you don't work at Popeye's anymore, but if you're listening, you're a legend and you saved my undergraduate belly from starvation. First ballot Hall of Fame Fayetteville resident. Uh, here's my, I would also like to say, my most surprising thing from you is, you got Zaxby's real high on this list. I Zaxby's to me is, it's fine. It's just capital F, I-N-E, fine. Nothing to write home about. Uh, I get a little underserved. I should say I get a little underserved 
for the amount of food I receive at Zaxby's versus the amount of money I pay. So give pitch me give me your Zaxby's elevator pitch on why it's coming in at number two on this list. All right, I understand. The burden of proof is on me. I get it. A lot of people think that Zaxby's is fine, like you, and I get it. However, I need to add a caveat here. Okay. I put Popeye's in a tier of itself. It's untouchable. I'm not sure that it could be reached. Zaxby's, Canes, and Slim's are all in sort of an interchangeable uh, position, I guess, if you will. So it's it's by very close margins. The reason I give Zaxby's the edge... The volume of food that you get, interesting. I feel like I get more when I go to yes, Zaxby's. Yes, I would. Which is interesting. Agreed. Uh, would say the and opposite. then I'm also, I think part of it too is personal bias. I'm not a crinkle cut fries guy. Okay. Well, I, I understand that, and I am. Now, there's a caveat to all of this. Number two, Zaxby's wow. chicken that is something I did not consider. Out of those three. When you pick up when you pick up Slims and when you pick up Canes, it's very hot. A lot of condensation happens. You end up with wet fries and chicken by the time you get home. Zaxby's has lid has holes in their lids. So you got perfect chicken aeration? Nope. Folks, the water no gets out of the No one will dive box. deeper. I don't have into wet chicken, chicken transportation aerodynamics and science than the Arkansas Fight podcast. Folks, we're the capital of both chicken and transportation. Shout out Tyson. Shout out JB Hunt. Please pay us. By the way, if there are any chicken restaurants listening, we're not sponsored by any of these. So if you'd like for me to change my rankings, I absolutely will. If you sponsor us, you are the top of the list automatically. I won't even mention another chicken restaurant on this podcast. I think... With I think that, that does it. That brings us think, to a close. I think I think we have to land this plane after that. And uh, I hope that you all understand just where we're coming from in this deep dive of chicken. Yeah, it's a we're passionate about other things in Arkansas sports. We have lives outside of that. Thank you so much. For tuning in, we're really looking forward to the game Saturday against Kentucky. Glad to have Arkansas football back. Looking forward to basketball season kicking off very soon. And as we have said multiple times throughout these episodes, the Arkansas women's soccer team continues to kick ass. Please support them. They are so fun to watch uh, and definitely deserve your time and attention. Uh, so, Tucky, I think you ready to land this plane? Do you have uh, any final thoughts you want to give the the folks out there? Folks, thank you for sticking around till the end of this episode. Thank you for participating with Arkansas Fight, sending us feedback on Twitter and on Facebook. Obviously, that helps us steer which way this podcast is going because we want this to be by fans. For fans, you are the four fans. That's right. Four downloads, folks. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. We're both on Twitter respectively tucker partridge and saul malone Uh, i think we've got some spooky halloween themed names right now but don't let that fool you interesting little tidbit to throw out before we exit 
please sign up for our SB Nation Fan Pulse poll. That will help you gauge the confidence and the direction of this program, which incidentally has gone up since the bye week happened. So absence does make the heart grow fonder. Thank you again to Adam Ford for your advanced stats and write-ups. Guys, tweet at us, post with us during the game on Saturday. Hopefully we've got an Arkansas win to talk to you about. Tell us why we're wrong about chicken. Please give me all your chicken takes. And with that, we will see you next time on Woo Pot Suey. Woo Pig. Woo Pig.